Coming up, are the Baltimore Orioles and Tampa Bay Rays having smart off-seasons to set themselves up for future success? Are we just overrating the moves that they're making? And then looking ahead to MLB Futures with our new betting sponsor, FanDuel, and deciding which players are the best value to take home the American League AL and NL MVP awards. Only part one of our conversation with Sully Baseball on today's Locked on Dimebacks podcast. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the last week of January, and all sports talk is focused on one thing right now. What are the Orioles and Rays doing? I think there's some other games we played this weekend. And actually, believe it or not, while this is not a football podcast, I am going to bring up a question about the Super Bowl, and specifically about Philadelphia and Kansas City fans. This is Locked On MLB. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, just look at my lower third. Why would that lie to you? You can just call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for the last you know, decade or so. I don't know when I started. And I've been here at the Lockdown Podcast Network for the last five years. It's been a lot of fun. Follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Or subscribe to us on the YouTubes. But it is our weekly meetup, mashup, combo. What are we calling it? Crossover with this Bajika Loop right over there. Please introduce yourself, Bajika Loop. Yep, Bajra Galoop here, Miller Thomas, host of Locked on Diamondbacks. Been doing the baseball podcast thing and now since 2020, anniversary probably just passed or is coming up. And you can follow us on everything, of course, on Twitter. Follow my personal account, at CreatorThomas24. Follow the show account, Locked on Diamondbacks, both Twitter, Instagram. Just type in the little search bar. And please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. All right, well, look at uh, as I said, as I hinted at the little tease there, I am going to bring up something regarding the Super Bowl, but that, that, that'll that be towards the end. I do want to say <clears throat> that two moves happened, or actually a couple of moves happened over the last couple of days that kind of went under the wire. Yes, the big news of Carlos Correa signed. Actually, it was big news with what teams he didn't sign with uh, this offseason. Uh, who got Aaron Judge? Who got Carlos Rodon? Who got Justin Verlander? Who got Trey Turner? Big names bouncing all over the place. And there was a lot of frustration amongst Baltimore Oriole fans, uh, including your pal Connor, who hosts uh, Lockdown Orioles. And they made an interesting trade. They traded for Cole Irvin. Cole Irvin is a pitcher for the Oakland A's. Cole Irvin wanted more than $9.20 an hour. Therefore, he was traded from the Oakland A's. Cole Irvin is not an, you know, a Cy Young Award winner at this point. But he is an innings eater. He is a solid pitcher. The Orioles put into their rotation, under the wire, a pitcher who gives you good starts, gives you a bunch of innings. 
will fill a spot in that rotation. And it's the exact kind of move that a franchise like the Orioles needs to make. I mean, the main thing the Orioles need to do, in my humble opinion, was make a big splash at one point. I thought they should have been in on Correa. If not Correa, then Xander Bogarts. If not Xander Bogarts, then Dan Swanson or Trey Turner, someone like that. I think they have a needed shortstop. But at this point, I think Ripken could start for this team. But they need to do something to say to their fans, hey, we know we've stunk for a while. And last year out of the blue, we had a winning season and kind of was on the periphery of the wild card for a while. Now they made a move. Again, it wasn't the sexiest of moves, but it's the kind of move that makes you go, huh, okay, they're filling holes, they're filling needs. And a lot of times... The moves that are made that are not the big attention grabbers are the ones that turn out to be really, really big moves by the end of the year. What I like about this move is one of the things that you improve your team, one of the ways you improve your team is you make sure there are as few holes in the rotation as possible. If you're trying to build a bullpen, one way to build your bullpen is to have starting pitchers who don't need to be pulled in the third so while it wasn't the sexiest move and didn't get the most press, I really am a big fan of this move because it shows that they're saying, okay, what are the places that we could fill in? What are the spots that we can fill in effectively? And if I'm a Baltimore fan, uh, it, am I looking at this as if, oh my God, this puts us over the top? No, but I am saying it shows that the front office is at least looking into building upon what was a feel-good season of 2022. What do you think? Yeah, we know Cole Irvin is not going to come in because we're going to talk about the Cy Young Award race later. He's not going to be on that leaderboard. He's not going to no. not going to bet him to win the Cy Young Award. But what he is and what the Orioles have been doing this offseason is just adding some floor raisers, adding some big-time established veterans to that roster because you look at their rotation the last couple of years, some of the dudes that were routing out that Baltimore Orioles roster – Probably shouldn't be in the major leagues. And Cole Irvin is at least an above average major league pitcher. And he wasn't mm -hmm. the only type of move that they made this offseason that was like this because they also added a Kyle Gibson from the mm -hmm. Philadelphia Phillies, who is just another one. Both of these guys are going to be like your number three, number four, number five starters in your rotation. They're not going to go out there and blow people away, but they're established stabilizing forces for a young rotation. When you got the Dean Kramers and the Kyle Brandishes, this is a young rotation. Agents want those guys to be bridge gap players for this next iteration of Baltimore Orioles baseball. And if you need something after you leave the gym, because look, we're still pretty new to the new year. I know you guys are still on the grind, trying to be healthy, trying to establish that lifestyle. But guess what? If you're like me, you still have a sweet tooth. You still have a candy craving, a sugar craving, and it's okay because I have the solution for you. Go get you a Bilt Bar because Bilt Bars are absolutely delicious. It tricks my brain into thinking that I'm eating some candy bar or something like that, but instead I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet covered in 100% real chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They have crazy flavors like cookie dough, brownie batter, and cookies and cream, and anything you can want. And the best thing about Bilt Bar is... You don't just have to go to built.com. You, of course, can still go there and buy a box online, but now you can also go to your nearest Sam's Club or Walmart and get a multi-bar 
box. So go ahead to Sam's Club, go ahead to Walmart, or head to Built.com and get yourselves a box of Built Bars. Think about what you're also having on there, what, what, that, what that also builds upon. One of the players who's their foundation is Adley Rutschman, their young catcher. So give Adley Rutschman some legitimate major league pitchers throwing to him. I think helps him, helps him improve and become an established major league catcher who's, you know, who's receiving real major leaguers. It's a point that you and I have made in this podcast a bunch, which is, Look it. If you can't put a superstar at every position, at least put a major leaguer there. At least have it be that there's someone. When you say there are people on the roster who should not have been in the major leagues, implies there are people who should be in the major leagues who are out of a job who should be having said job. The more major leaguers Baltimore has in their rotation, the more times they, is he an ace? No. Is he the second coming of, you know, Verlander? you know, Scherzer in their prime. No, but when they're on the mound, you don't think, oh God. Or you think, oh Jesus, this must be a bullpen game. You know, a lot of, you know, it should be, you say, hey, look at Kyle Gibson, who I saw nearly throw a no hitter last year when I went to my game that I went to at Citizens Bank Ballpark in Philadelphia. You know, Cole Irvin gives him another pitcher. And keep in mind, he is only, he's 29. Excuse me, I had to scratch my nose. Um, he doesn't miss a start. He pitches to a good ERA and you know, you're going to get a okay start from him. And if you have a bunch of pitchers giving you okay starts, then you have an opportunity to win in 2022 more than you lose. And the Baltimore Orioles could easily do the thing because we know the Gunnar Hendersons and the Adley Rutschmans, they're going to get opportunities regardless. So right. it's very easy for Baltimore to come into this season and say, look, we're not trying to win the World Series anyway. Why not just tank? And outside those really young players, just put the worst players we can at those positions and just try to lose. But instead, they're signifying that we're not just trying to establish a losing culture for these young guys to develop in. We're at least going to have real Major League veterans at those positions of need, at those positions of weakness. So when the Rutschmans and the Gunnar Hendersons do make mistakes, you have veterans there already in place that could show them the ropes and teach them the correct thing that they need to do to help win ball games eventually. Because I, I would rather be in that situation with my young players that the Baltimore's in than trying to develop somebody in like the Cincinnati Reds right now with what they're doing with kind of the products that they're putting on the field or the Oakland A's. Like it's hard to develop good quality players when you're uh, really not trying to win games at all. At least Baltimore are now making moves that showing you, yeah, we may not be trying to win the World Series, but not we're not trying to be the worst team in baseball at the same time. Either. Well, they broke through and had a winning year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that they've been so bad recently that they're now saying, okay, let's build on a foundation where we've won more than we lost last year. And so then you build that, if you build upon that, then you're aiming for mid-80 wins. And then by 2025, you're aiming for high 80, low 90 wins. The other team I'll bring up is another American League East team, which is Tampa Bay. Now, did they make a big splash move? No. Did they make yeah. a big, huge acquisition? No, but they did. Th- they've done uh, two 
and they're adding a third extension. They're adding extensions to some of their players. They've extended reliever Pete Fairbanks. They've extended pitcher Jeffrey Springs. And now it looks like they're trying to add a contract extension to Yandy Diaz. Now, does this extent do these extensions make them more valuable trade chips? I don't know, but one thing it is doing is they're saying, yes, Tampa, who went to the World Series in 2020, um, made the playoffs in should have, they were the only 100 win team in the American League. They got upset by the Red Sox in 2021. They got decimated with injuries. Their team that they feel for most of the year was a shell of its former self and yet still made the playoffs. That they could look at their pretty much, I would say they're closer to the 2021 team that won 100 games than they are the team that stumbled into one of the wildcard spots and got nearly completely shut out by Cleveland over two games. And what if I'm a Tampa fan, and I'm not, but if I'm a Tampa fan, it's encouraging for me to say, hey, at least some of the players are sticking around, that they're going into this year acknowledging that they're probably closer to the World Series team and the 100-win team than to the team last year. Because the team, you looked at the team that was playing against Cleveland those two games, virtually they were just, virtually none of the players they were expecting to be on that team were there. So if they're saying, hey, 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 last year was a fluke. We're going for it this year. Show up to Tampa Bay. And do you want, and I've said it on the show before, I'll say it again. I love Rays fans. And Rays fans who show up are some of those passionate fans in the world. And the Rays fans who show up, I have a ton of respect for because they never get the credit for showing up. Okay? You're never going to hear me trash Rays fandom. The ones who show up and are told that they don't exist and still love their team, they've got great TV ratings there. They just have the wrong ballpark at the wrong place. But that yeah. being said, uh, the the extensions of Springs and of Fairbanks, it looks like the extension soon of Diaz. Are they world-breaking contract extensions? Of course not. But what they are is a sign that the Rays have an eye and having a better year. I mean, I respect the extensions, but Tampa Bay is just one of those teams where I know they're going to put a good product on the field. They're going to win a whole bunch of regular season games. But the fact that they never go out in the offseason and spend real money, yeah, they might retain their guys. But when you have a bidding war over Zach Eflin to be like your highest paid free agent in like franchise history, you're just probably never going to win a World Series like that. And you could claim small market. You could claim their attendance ratings. But the fact is they never pour in the money into their team that you see most of these other teams do to produce the results of World Series. Yes, they made an appearance, but it was during that really weird truncated season. Outside of that, I never have any trust in Tampa Bay once they make the postseason. So I would like them to be a little bit more aggressive in the offseason. I think they have a good team. They have a really young rotation led by the McClanahan's and the Jeffrey Springs. you got Randy Arena in their lineup as well, but you just look at their overall roster. Like, How many guys are you really scared of? Wander Franco looks like a potential superstar. They were able to get him early on a on a long-term deal, but I don't really see the blue chippers outside of a Wander Franco, maybe a Shane McClanahan, who I'm going to build a foundational you know, core around and build a World Series team. I think the Tampa Bay Rays are a fun regular season story, but I don't take them serious as a playoff team. Well, you're not putting any money on them. That's what mm-hmm. it sounds like. Hey, if you were going to put any money on them, 
Is there a new place we're telling people to go to now? Yeah, there's only one place that I would go, Sully, and that, is, that? Fan, that is Fan Duel Sportsbook, baby. All right. Well, hey, do you want do you want me to talk about it? Or do you want me do you, you I mean, want to talk about it? I know you're a passionate guy about your sports betting, Sully. So if you want oh, to I, I, I love I love you. I'm I'm I see I'm more just excited about FanDuel. You know why <laughs> they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel so you can bet on the Super Bowl 57, Kansas City, Philadelphia. Nice late penalty there, Cincinnati. With a no-sweat first bet, you get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Like, for example, if you bet on Cincinnati. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spread to who will score a touchdown. I bet they even have the coin toss. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe and secure and super easy to use. And best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. Am I going to put my money on Philly? Am I going to put my money on KC? I don't know enough about football. Philly looks pretty darn good. Anyway, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of who? The NFL. Hey, um, let's. We talked a little bit about FanDuel right there. We sold some mm-hmm. FanDuel right there. Why don't we take a look at some odds or some picks for some of the things going forward for 2023? Yes, because I got some odds pulled up here, Sully, and we'll just go through the top five. You can tell me how you like the order, the top five in terms of betting odds, and then I'll give you my favorite person for each category in terms of value, who I think you should be putting your money on, who I think has a realistic chance, but maybe a little undervalued in this fan duel. So let's start with the big-time award. We're going to start with the NL MVP. You might be surprised, maybe you won't be surprised, but the favorite and kind of the heavy favorite to win the NL MVP. Oh, let me guess. Can I guess? Can I guess the heavy favorite? Let me see if I can guess it. The heavy okay. favorite I'm going to say is probably going to be Manny Machado. That's a fun one, Sully. Manny Machado doesn't even crack the top five, but his That's teammate, why. he's got a teammate, though, at number one. Do you want to guess? Oh, they have team? Juan Soto? Are they have Juan Soto at number one? Juan Soto, plus okay. 550 and the big time favorite to win the NL MVP. I guess I think he's got to have a full year in San Diego. Doesn't have the, he's playing Washington where, you know, he's walked left and right. He's, he's, he's acclimated himself. To the Padres situation, he's going to have uh, Xander Bogarts and Manny Machado and probably Fernando Tatis Jr. in that lineup with him. Off he goes. I could see that. I could see that. I mean, I went with Machado, who, by the way, has never won an MVP. Um, I would put him in there as well. But, hey, what do I know? 
And that's the only thing that would give me hesitancy with betting on Soto is the fact that he does have Manny Machado, a, a dude that could win the MVP as well. But, of course, we saw that not slow down Paul Goldschmidt last year. With I was about to say, that no, one, no yeah. one seemed to care about that. So. Yeah, I feel like it matters maybe more in basketball, but in baseball, no one cares. Number, do you want to guess? These two, these next two players are tied for number two and number three at plus 950, and I just mentioned one of them. Oh, um... Wait a second. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt. Yep, he's tied at number at two at nine. Number two, and probably going to be. Uh, uh, I'm going to say Mookie Betts. Oh, look at this guy, Sully Baseball. Number two, number three, Paul Goldschmidt, the reigning MVP. I guess he's mm-hmm. got to have good odds if you're the reigning yeah, MVP. He, yeah. And then Mookie Betts. I mean, he's probably due. It seems like every other year Mookie Betts puts up an MVP type season. So maybe he does that this year with the Dodgers. Yeah, good thing the Red Sox have that trade, that uh, tax relief, though, because, you know, they, 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 they need a break. They need a break. They still got Connor Wong, right? He's still um, <laughs> in the organization or something from that deal. Jeter then Downs, that number DFA'd. Yeah, Jeter Downs DFA'd is uh, just insane. And they got Verdugo. Number four, do you want to try to guess number four and number five? Um, number four and number five, it, it, would Bryce Harper be four? No, Bryce Harper, because I think he's coming off, what, that Tommy John surgery? Might miss most right. of the year. He's okay. really low on the odds. Oh, well, then, then, then just tell me. Uh, <laughs> Ronald Acuna Jr. Look at this guy, Sully Baseball. I swear I'm not team. looking at it. I swear I'm not looking at it. I'm just trying to think of who, yeah. who, you know, who would be, you know, that type of player, you know. Uh, and te- uh, yeah, technically there's a few guys tied to Ronald Acuna Jr. Because okay. at plus 100, th- plus 1,000, you got Acuna uh, Jr. You Pete Alonso? Is Pete Alonso one of them? Mm, the Mets? Close. He's close. He's at plus fourteen hundred. Okay. Um, <laughs> hmm, trying to think who else would be there. Um, but no one else in L. I mean, not Freddie Freeman. You thought he was going to be. You thought he was going to be the favorite. You mentioned him to start this exercise. Oh, Manny Machado. Yep, plus one thousand. Okay. And then okay. there's like two other people. Uh, is Freddie Freeman on there or no? He's on the list, but he's at plus thirteen hundred. Oh, it's Cattell Marte. Oh, I really wish it was Ketel Marte. I mean, he might be the best value on this list quietly. Jeez, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm I, <laughs> so many uh, players. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna just sort of throw. You know, I can't. I, you know, it's not gonna be Christian Yelich. No, um, Yelich is not a good bet. I would not. No. That. Um, Arenado. Yelich plus ten thousand tied with Scherzer. Yes, it is Arenado, and then you have one okay. other guy. At plus one thousand, tied with uh, plus one thousand. Is it? It's a position player. It's not a pitcher, and, uh, right? Yeah, I'll give you a hint. He missed most of last season with a shoulder with a shoulder injury after a motorcycle accident, and then he was suspended for PEDs on top of it. Oh, Tatis Junior. Tatis Junior. All tied at plus wow. one thousand. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Okay, fine, fine. I think I have as good a chance of winning the MVP as as Tatis Juniors. But anyway, cool. All right. Um, yeah, all right. So that's like your top five ish, basically. I mean, there's a bunch of dudes tied at plus one thousand. But I think the most interesting player, honestly, when I look at this MVP list in the National League, I think the best value to me is that plus two thousand. I'm looking at Austin Riley, actually, of the Atlanta Braves, who has had a monster year back to back seasons. Acuna yep. has been in and out of that lineup. They're a pretty young team as well matt olson uh or not matt olson freddie freeman no longer there i think austin riley is slowly and could emerge as the face of that franchise acuna always seems to have a little friction sometimes with the fans or the front office i don't know what's really going on there so i like austin riley as plus two at plus 2000 as potential mvp for the national league i think that's good odds fair enough fair enough all right. All right, so let's, let's do the al mvp okay i think this one's pretty easy to guess we want to guess the number one 
Well, Trout probably, or Trout or Otani, or Judge. It's easily Otani yeah. as the favorite at plus two twenty. Second is your guy that you just mentioned, Aaron Judge, and then Mike Trout number three. So pretty. Otani Otani is basically going to be your if he continues to be an excellent offensive performer and even a serviceable pitcher, then he's always going to get the MVP unless someone has a historic season like Aaron Judge did last year. We're just going to, for the foreseeable future, if Otani remains an all-star level hitter and an all-star level pitcher, then there's nothing left to discuss. Yeah, Otani, it should take a historic season basically every year to for and, Otani. And, and, and the Judge's season last year was exactly the kind of season it would take to wrestle that away from him. So um, I would have no compunction saying it's Otani until proven otherwise. Yeah. Um, you know, Judge, you have to I would be I would be slow to bet on Judge if we've seen anything in his career. He's he's been remarkable when he's healthy, but he's had some health. There have been times that he's been out of the lineup. And when you're a big lumbering, as as um, Bill Brewer said, Herman Munster looking player, you're going to be susceptible to injuries. And I, I'm I would be, you know, look, at I think he's going to have a fine season next year, no matter what. But it would not stun me if we saw that he wound up playing 120 games. Yeah, Mike Trout's someone, too, that's been kind of injured. He's looked like an MVP when he's played, but he's also someone that's been in and out the lineup the last couple of years, yeah. Mike Trout has. But, Sully, I think this list, because I think it's pretty easy to ask someone, name the top three favorites for MVP. I think everyone or most people guess Otani, Judge, and Trout. Mm-hmm. Number four, I think, is where it gets interesting, because I'll let you guess number four. He's the reigning, he's the reigning American League Rookie of the Year. Wait, who won the Rookie of the Year last year? Oh, huh, I, I lost track. I lost track of who won the rookie of the year. Hold on. I just, I just, I just blanked. I think I had a stroke. Um, wait, who the hell won the rookie of the year? They also broke their playoff drought after 21. Oh, 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 Julio Rodriguez. That's yeah. Right. Of course. There you go. Of course. Yes, oh yes, Julio God. Rodriguez. Yeah. yeah. I actually knowledge. was going to, I was going to, Julio Rodriguez was one of the names I was going to guess as a potential MVP. And then I'm like, wait, who, then, Okay, the rookie of the year. I, so I, it's amazing. <laughs> my my memory of who won the rookie of the year in like the eighties and nineties is airtight, and now it's like who won it last year? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who won it last year? Yes, of course, of course. Julio Rodriguez is an absolutely great choice. Yeah, he's and, a fantastic and, choice. Yeah, he's at number four. Number five, Jordan Alvarez at plus twelve hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that rounds out your top five. You got Vlad Guerrero at six. Jose Ramirez at seven. Is but- Rafi Devers on there at all, or no? I was going to say, Sully, my favorite value, though, on this list at plus 3,500. He's like eighth on this list. Rafael Devers. Why not? The Red Sox are probably going to suck, but Mike Trout has showed us multiple times. Your team doesn't need to be good for you to win the MVP. Otani has also showed that. Yeah. Devers is going to be the main man in that lineup. And plus, the way pitchers are going to attack Devers, it's going to be even harder for him to get his offense because he's going to be the one everyone's keening in on. So, if Devers puts up an MVP type season with everyone knowing all these pitchers are pitching around Rafael Devers, why not Devers for MVP? Yeah, I think that'd be an interesting pick. It's really, I'm very interested to see what Correa is going to do returning to Minnesota um, if he's going to be. You know, he's it's the first time in a few years that he knows where he's going to play for the next couple of years. Um, we'll see if he reverts back to his MVP uh, caliber 
player. Um, and I, you know, I can't help but think that someone from the, uh, uh, you know, someone from Toronto, I'm going to have Ruth Capulis, who's one of the, 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 the Sabre head of the Toronto chapter, uh, the Sabre, uh, for the Blue Jays. She's going to be on this week. I think I'm more optimistic about the Blue Jays than she is. She seemed pretty down. I would not be surprised if, a, uh, a you know a Chapman or someone like that emerges as a big player uh, for the for Toronto um, and or Vlad Guerrero Jr. getting back to it. I think Toronto had a miserable you know at a mediocre first half of the season and a very good second half of the season, and I'm very confident that they've shored up their bullpen. Even though Teoscar Hernandez is traded away, I think they're still a solid team. And it would not surprise me if the rising tide of a team that I think is going to have a very good year is could really be uh, could help a Vladdy Guerrero Jr. or someone else on the Toronto squad. Yeah, don't forget Dalton Varshow now in the mix helping out them Toronto Blue Jays. So that'd be kind of yeah, you, you had to bring it in there. I All right. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diebacks podcast. Come back later in the week for part two with Sully Baseball, where we look at more MLB futures with the Cy Young Award and the Rookie of the Year race. He also asked me a question about whether a team like the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, does that take the pressure off the baseball team in that city? Discussing that question and so much more with Sully Baseball later this week. Thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Make your second listen of the day the Locked On MLB Prospects show with host Lindsey Crosby, walking baseball prospect encyclopedia. So go check out his podcast on all streaming platforms. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.